This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Steph Wilding. Steph is the CEO of Community Health. She's going to tell us about the mission of Community Health, about herself, what she does, and a lot more. Steph, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Community Health? Then we'll talk about a bunch of things. Great, Scott. Thank you so much for for having me. Um, So I am the CEO of Community Health. We are located in Chicago, and we are the nation's largest volunteer-based free health center. We serve over 7,500 low-income, uninsured adults. We're located on the west side of Chicago, but we serve uh, Chicagoans from every single zip code in the city. And at Community Health, our patients can access primary care, dental services, behavioral health care. They can also access over 25 specialty care services, such as endocrinology, podiatry, cardiology. They can get all of their medications at our on-site pharmacy, and they can receive one-on-one and group health education. And they can access all of these services, again, at no charge to them. Um, and we operate... Tell us, yeah, go ahead. Tell us, tell us how you've had this magnificent career. Tell us how you ended up at Community Health and, and a little bit about your background and then, you know, the mission of community health, because what a magnificent mission. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the mission and to and, and my journey to, to this incredible mission. Um, you know, it certainly hasn't been a linear one. Um, I had originally um, set out to become a lawyer um, and decided to take a year off in between undergrad and law school. Um, and just work. And I got a position at a community health center right here in Chicago. Um, and it really changed my entire career trajectory. I realized the value that community health centers had in serving um, the under and uninsured and the incredible work that they were doing every single day uh, to build healthcare, um, to build equity and healthcare access throughout our city. Uh, to improve the health of entire populations, um, and in many cases to to save lives. Um, and so from there, I went on to get a master's in public administration um, right here in Chicago with a focus in nonprofit management, um, with the ultimate goal of being uh, given the opportunity and the honor to to lead one of these health centers, which I'm I'm very proud to do so today. And what are some of the big priorities of community health this year, where are you most focused? I mean, it must be a particularly stressful time with COVID and everything else and homelessness. Where are the big priorities? Yeah, this year has certainly been, um, you know, one to remember for a few reasons. You know, for, for the patients that we serve, these have been the community's hardest hit by the pandemic. Um, these are folks who work in jobs that didn't allow them to stay in, at home and work from home. Um, who live in multi-generational households. And so our communities were disproportionately impacted. Um, And as you can imagine, you would think that the last year and a half was consumed with just responding um, and making sure that we were leading the response in the communities that we serve as it related to testing and then vaccine distribution. And I am very proud to say that community health absolutely did that as a priority. Um, But we also decided pretty early on in the pandemic that while we were reacting, and continuously adapting and evolving, we were going to capture what we were learning. And we were going to take those learnings and begin to identify what had value and what would be something we would carry on beyond the pandemic. Um, 
And having this mindset, as I mentioned, not only helped us be a leader in responding to actual pandemic needs in our communities, but to also begin laying the foundation for longer-term growth, change, and innovation. And where we've really focused our attention around that is in reimagining and re-envisioning space and place for point of care. Like most health centers, overnight at the start of the pandemic, now you know, flashback to March 2020, overnight we pivoted to telemedicine. Um, in some cases, it was low tech with just using phone, and we eventually grew to include video. And again, that was something we reacted because we needed to, but we learned a lot very quickly. For example, our no-show rate, so the rate at which our patients would not show up for their appointments and not call to cancel them. Before the pandemic, it had been about around 19%. Within those first few months, it plummeted to 13%. And rather than just taking that data point, we asked ourselves, why is that happening? So for our patients, coming to a, a healthcare appointment, right? We serve patients from every single zip code in the city of Chicago. It means finding transportation, taking time off from an hourly job, finding childcare. It's a, there are many barriers that our patients have to clear in order to access healthcare. And what telemedicine does is it takes us to wherever the patient is. That could be in their home. That could be on a break at work. It places the burden on us to connect with the patient rather than the patient to come to us. Um, so through that, we said to ourselves, how is telemedicine working and how is it not working for us? Obviously, any practitioner can tell you telemedicine has so much value, but it also lacks vitals um, in, in, the, in real time often, especially for our population. We need labs and we wanna make sure that our patients, especially those with chronic diseases, are accessing their medication. So from this, we are focusing on opening what we're calling telehealth microsites. And these are mini locations that are co-located inside of an existing community-based organization addressing the social determinants of health for our patients, such as food access, English as a second language classes, legal assistance, childcare. And at these telehealth microsites, our patients receive an assisted virtual visit. They have someone on staff there to take their vitals, if needed, we draw their labs, and then that patient is roomed for a visit with their provider. But rather than it being a traditional exam room, it's actually a telemedicine room. And what is fantastic about these telehealth microsites is that we're able to place them in the community areas where our target populations live and work. So rather than having to take two buses, three buses, four buses to access their care, they're now walking one or two blocks. So they are getting the, the hyper-local healthcare access that they need, and community health is also getting the information we need to provide that patient with the highest quality of care. So what we're attempting to do is take all of the elements that we need in an in-person visit and the value that telemedicine has in meeting the patient where they are and interweaving the two in order to open these sites that increase access to care right in the communities that need it the most. And, and let me ask you a question in terms of your role of CEO of community health. I mean, I imagine there are a myriad amount of issues. You've got to staff this with great providers and great nurses and great assistants and great administrators and great clerks and everything. You've got to raise funds to make sure that the lights stay on. How do you divide up your role as CEO to making sure that everything works, to making sure it continues to go great and takes care of such an important part of the community? Yeah, that's 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 a great question. And I think, you know, um, for me, I took over as CEO of Community Health around 100 days before the pandemic. 
Um, so I'm very lucky to have come into an organization that before I even arrived at the door, had 26 years of successfully managing our three pillars of our business model, which is volunteerism, philanthropy, and partnership. So I feel very lucky that I was able to um, take, take the reins of an organization during a time you don't typically want to start to take the reins, but I, there was such a strong foundation in our business model um, that the, the transition certainly has been, been seamless. Um, but that's where I really have to shout out our, a key element in our business model, which is volunteerism. Community Health has a small but mighty and spirited group of staff, but we actually have over a thousand dedicated volunteers, including volunteer providers who make our mission possible every single day. And so it's these providers who have really stepped up to staff not only our headquarters location, uh, but also our new telehealth microsite and to invest in this model that I think is going to be the future for not only community health, but for many safety net providers um, here in Chicago and throughout the country. Um, so it really is our volunteers that, that make this possible. Um, and as I mentioned, I feel very grateful to have um, stepped into the role of the CEO of an organization which has, with such a long standing foundation and such a successful business model. And, and let me ask you a question about this. The city of Chicago, Oh, particularly the west side, the south side, it, it has recently gotten so much media attention for being a tough place to live, for being violent, for being, you know, uh, homicide. So is it hard to recruit or is that just more noise than is reality? How do you sort of break through some of those discussions and stereotypes about what the west and south side look like today or even the city of Chicago generally? Yeah, I think recruitment in general in the current environment is a challenge all around. Um, the last 18 months, we are seeing a greater level of burnout amongst healthcare workers at every single level. Um, and so I think, you know, recruitment challenges are, are universal in, at the moment. Um, but I would say that um, community health is a, is a mission-focused organization, and we recruit and seek out mission-focused individuals, both as employees and as volunteers. And I think that's one of the most incredible things about the mission of community health is the volunteerism piece, which I know I mentioned before, but it, it is truly remarkable because our volunteers choose to be here. Um, they almost always um, have other jobs paid jobs, um, and they choose to volunteer at Community Health because they believe in the mission, and they know that the headlines that you see in the news are not the communities we serve. Our communities are hardworking, family-oriented individuals who want what we all want, which is to be safe and to be healthy. Um, and so when it comes to recruiting volunteers, that mission piece becomes very critical. And I'm also thrilled to say that our volunteers end up being our primary pipeline for our employees. Uh, over a third of our staff actually started as volunteers at Community Health First. So they've been invested in our mission even before they were employed to do so. Um, and we really are quite proud of, of that fact. When you look at sort of your career trajectory, trajectory excuse me, you, you thought you'd be a lawyer and ended up in this wonderful, wonderful career of such mission-driven mission healthcare. What advice do you give to young people trying to find themselves and figure out their careers and what they want to do. I mean, they end up in sort of groups where there's so much pressure to go into consulting, accounting, law, whatever it might be, whatever the professions are, medicine, whatever they might be. What advice do you give to a young person trying to figure out their career 
their career plans and paths? Well, I would uh, refer back to what I mentioned at the, the top of, of the podcast, which is um, to be okay with the idea that a career path is not always linear. Um, and sometimes it is. And I think that that's, that's certainly great when, when that happens. But allow yourself to um, be open-minded. Allow yourself to explore. Um, self-awareness, I think, is one of the greatest um, leadership attributes any leader can have. And that starts as soon as you enter the workforce, being aware of even as simple as entry-level positions, what are the tasks that invigorate you? Ask yourself why they invigorate you. If they don't invigorate you, why? Um, and explore that and, and be self-aware and be open to a career path that doesn't necessarily look like point A to Z, but could perhaps be some circles and uh, some hairpin turns and um, you know, allow yourself to explore if you have the um, you know privilege and capability to do that. I certainly encourage that. Just magnificent, Steph. We appreciate you so much joining us today. What a magnificent career! What a magnificent mission you serve. Could you give us a sense of how many people you serve a year? Any any sense of those stats? Absolutely. We serve around seventy hundred, um, seventy five hundred active patients. Um, as I mentioned. Um, from every single zip code in the city of Chicago. Just magnificent. Thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to share the podcast and discussion with one of my kids who will just love listening to this in addition to our audience, but but one of the uh, you know kids who's trying to figure out the career and profession and so forth and just an amazing role model that you are. Thanks, Steph, so much for joining us in the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thanks so much, Scott. Take care. <laughs>